This podcast is very proudly brought to you by my new book, From Peasants Food to Superfoods. This book is based on cooking for the entire family and it guides cooks from all experiences on how to integrate healthy foods into everyday life. I know it's easy to stick to the same old things every week with a family to feed and a budget to stick to, but eating nutritious and delicious food every night is achievable and affordable. Learning how to use, prepare, and incorporate new and old ingredients into tasty and exciting food is what I love doing. So I have put this book together. It's over 300 pages. There's over 100 simple, nutritious recipes, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, desserts. Most of it's gluten-free, dairy-free. It's very gut-healing, very anti-inflammatory, and I hope that you will love it as much as I have, putting it together and (laughs) bringing it to life. So if you would like to check it out, learn more, or order it, jump online at www.mgherbs.com.au. And thanks for bringing us the podcast today. You're listening to Melissa Gearing, the Naked Naturopath. Mel is a qualified naturopath, herbalist, and nutritionist. She can't wait to share her thoughts on all things health and wellness with you. Hey guys, welcome back to The Naked Naturopath. Today on the podcast, I have Dr. Maria Zushman. Uh, Maria is an integrative chiropractor. She's a personal performance coach. She's also a podcaster on the wellness couch here with me. Her podcast is called The Queen of Stress. She's a speaker. She does lots of corporate work in, you know, getting people to cope with their stress a little bit better. And I'm going to chat to her today about all things uh, Queen of Stress, her Facebook page and a new event that she's just put on, which is free for all the listeners. So listen up and enjoy the podcast today with Dr. M. So welcome to the podcast today, Dr. M. Hey, Mel. Thanks so much for having me. It's thanks. a pleasure. We've been trying to do this for I ages. Know. I'm glad we got there in the end. I know. And I just thought, look, I'm just going to put it out there. Can you do it like tomorrow or this week sometime? And you're like, I had this one slot and it was perfect. <laughs> My life is made up of various windows, which is uh, it's nice when they when they fit in and align. It means it's meant to be. I know. It tends to be the way when you're like seeing clients one-on-one, you have these little slots everywhere. I'll be like, do you want to have coffee in this slot? We have exactly an hour and 10 minutes. <laughs> to my friends. <laughs> exactly. I, yeah. I, un- I understand. I totally understand. So you've been doing some really cool stuff the last few years. I, um, I, you know, last time we seen each other, when was that? What month? That would have been? It would have been June, June 2019. June. So I read, six I months ago. bought your beautiful pink book and I read it cover to cover and I, like, it was such an easy read. And I just wanted to say, like, I love the way that you wrote it because I could, I could kind of stop and pause at each capital letter section. Awesome. You know when it feels like you're yelling at me, but in a really good way? <laughs> <laughs> that would not be the first time I've heard that. Oh, really? <laughs> well, thank you for that feedback. I mean, look, from a from a grammatical purist, literary <laughs> purist point of view, and much to my mother's dismay, is that it is not a grammat- grammatically correctly written book. I don't even think that's a grammatically correct sentence that I, I just put together. But um, one of the most common feedbacks I get from, from the book Align is uh, that it sounds like I'm sitting in the room You're speaking just talking to, to me. And we're having a conversation. Yes. And that's how I wrote it. I wrote it as if it was a conversation that we were having 
having because I don't know about you, Mel, but I've, I've bought so many books in the past where the language is so highfalutin and mumbo-jumbo that I get caught up in the number of words and I don't end up finishing it. Yep. I might get through the first chapter and go, oh, don't have time, whereas I wanted to write a book that people could really um, – you could read a chapter on its own and it sat nicely on its own. Mm-hmm. You could read the book out of order if you want to because mm-hmm. I know how my brain works sometimes. I want to skim through really quickly and then go back and – focus on the chapters that really resonated with me um, and I wanted there to be some tangible tools that you could actually implement straight away when it came to recognizing managing and using your stress more effectively yeah look I think you've definitely achieved that and I know um, from experience good and bad experience how uh, how what, an, what a, like a, it's such a personal thing to put a book out there no matter what it is like mine are cookbooks but I still have these you know, stories that I tell within them and, and it's a piece of you that you put out into the world. And so I love that it really does represent you because it literally was like you were in my bedroom, in my bed, with me. <laughs> not in a creepy way. Yeah, no, in, in, a really, in a really, might not have been impressed. <laughs> in a really loving way. And that he was oh, there too. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes, well, he might have got a note because I'd wake him up and say, look, look, look at this bit. This is so me. <laughs> Just read him these little, you know, quips from your book. But no, I've, it's been such a long time since I read a book cover to cover because I'm the kind of person who reads many books at once. Because, uh-huh. you know, that is, that's essentially the, the, I am the queen of my own stress. So I like to do lots of things at once and, um, I'm working on that, but I read it cover to cover and I loved it. And, um, yeah, I I actually got some really good stuff out of it. So why did you end up writing that book? Well, for lots of reasons. And I think it, it probably stems back to why I started the podcast, which is that through my own journey with being, in a point of my life where stress really was the queen of me, I'm absolutely a recovering stress head. Is that I've learned mm-hmm. over the years the importance of a picking up really quickly when I'm moving into a stress state, and then learning how to manage myself. And then in that process is understanding from the clients that I look after in my hands-on work as a chiropractor. Is I started recognising my clients in some of my own journeys, and and I find this across the board in lots of things that I do now is that through my own lessons, if I can share my stories, I'm, I'm good to be vulnerable to, to share those stories so that if it helps somebody else, if it helps one other person, then it's worthwhile for me. Uh, and the beautiful thing with the podcast and then putting it into, into the book as well, because what I found with the podcast is it's amazing and we're up to 112 episodes, I think, wow, the week that we're, we're recording is that um, not everybody is auditory. Some people do like reading and they like to be able to write things down. So it was really putting my podcast and some of my stories into words. And, uh, look, it was, there were def- it was definitely challenging because it's, it's a whole <coughs> other level from speaking my stories, uh, which obviously they're recorded and they're all over public forums, lots of different places. Mm-hmm. And we're putting it into words and on paper was a, was a whole next level. And I, and I spoke about some of the paralysis that I had as I was writing the book. Uh, but yeah, it's, it was, that was, that was really the inspiration is by sharing my stories and some science and some soul in it. If people can, can make change in their world from me sharing my stories, I do it. I, and I literally do do it most days of the week. Um, it's it, what, it's what lights me up. And I, and I really feel like it's part of why I've been put on the planet is to be able to share some of that stuff. And you said that you kind of knew, did you know that you wanted to be a chiropractor when you were 14 or you just loved what they were doing when you were a kid and so you decided to become it later in life? 
Well, I think, uh, and I touch on it in the book in about figuring out what lights you up, is that um, I always wanted to be a teacher until year five, and then there was this kid in my class called Darren Murphy. God love his cotton socks. I hope he's doing well wherever he is. Um, And he came into our school in year five, and and looking back, I'd say he perhaps had got us to leave his previous school. But I can remember him throwing (laughs) a chair across the classroom at one point, and I walked into into our dining room, at, my, at our family home and I said to mum I don't think I can be a teacher and she said why and I said because if anybody did that to me I'd like lose my SHIT I'm not sure if I'm allowed to swear on your <laughs> podcast Mel so I will I'll I spill it I instead uh, and so I said I'd lose my shit I don't think I swore at that point I would have been like 10 but uh, and so that's really where I knew I wanted to help people and originally I thought I wanted to be a physiotherapist I grew up in a family that was quite traditionally medicine orientated, mm-hmm. medically orientated. And um, and it was when I was 14 and I saw a chiropractor for the first time that uh, that really sparked it off because Dr. Ken, who saw me because I used to sprain my ankles, uh, he actually suggested as I was leaving that maybe I should think about chiropractic. And uh, it really it really did spark off a journey and, and it really has created such an amazing foundation. I mean, chiropractic is all about the foundations of your body and making sure structurally you're sound so brain and body can connect. But it has been the structure of all the other things that I've now go on to teach when we're talking about head and heart as well. When I talk about the aligned um, triad, which is body, head and heart, is chiropractic has been the foundation for me in lots of lots of ways and now I talk about the mindset side of things and the strengths and behaviour side of things and then also the soul side of things too. So it's it's created an amazing platform, which I'm, I'm really blessed and grateful for. Yeah, I love how you join up the all that nervous system, you know, science and research with a lot of spirituality and and like you you always say that soul stuff and looking for what lights you up. I don't know if I told you this, but I wanted to be a chiropractor my whole teenage life. That was Really? I did not know this. I know. This is this is what I was gonna be. I was gonna be a chiropractor. I recently did an interview for my book for my publisher and they had like fifteen questions and one of the questions was what did you want to be when you're a kid? And, uh, you know, like I had pretty much forgotten that I wanted to be a chiropractor and it's so weird, isn't it? Like how things, you know, how your life plays out. But I kind of did that soul searching and I did speech path and I did nuke med and looking for that way that I was going to help heal people, I guess, because that's, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, and ended up as a as an naturopath. So there you go. Yeah, it's a it's quite amazing. I mean, and again, we t- touched it on in the book in the sense of I always I, th- I wanted to be a teacher from when I was very little, and in many ways, that's exactly what I've turned out to be. Yeah. And whether it's <laughs> chiropractic, because really we're retraining and teaching people how to how to structurally be more connected, and so that then neurologically you're more connected, which then allows for your head in terms of mindset to be more co- coordinated, and also then from to your spirituality side of things to be more connected. Um, so it's, I've ended up being a teacher, not at a school, yeah. but in so many ways. And when I'm teaching and doing, whether it's keynotes or facilitating workshops for corporates and organisations around stress adaptations or strength and performance, is I'm a teacher. And it's really cool how that's come to light. And having that epiphany not that long ago was like, oh, ah. <laughs> that actually was the universal plan after all. I just yeah. kind of fought against it for a really long time. You did it in your way. Yeah, absolutely, as I do most things, Mel, and that's something that I've definitely learnt is that fitting out is definitely my style, not attempting to fit in. Did that for probably the first 38 years of my life or so and then realised that that was really getting me anywhere very quickly. Yeah, yeah. No, you've got to do what, like you say, what lights you up and you've, you've followed your path to find your own way to te- become a teacher. 
Absolutely. And it's good bloody fun. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, um, you're living in Sydney at the moment and your practice is in Shell Harbour still. Are you practicing in Sydney at all? Because I'll come. Uh, I I will be the red hot. Uh, it's to be announced, ooh, ooh. Uh, and hopefully I'm early sorry. in the year. Uh, yeah, no, that's all right. I have touched on it. So there's been a few evolutions of what's happening in my world, as there always is. Anybody that follows the Queen of Your Stress or any of my stuff on Dr. Maria Z on Instagram would know is that there's there's constant evolution and revolution in my world. Uh, and so the the next evolution of Be the Queen of Your Stress is is actually shifting into aligned education, which is really exciting, uh, and that that will then encompass all of my corporate work that I do. Uh, Now that my home base is back in Sydney, which happened uh, mid-2019 because uh, initial inspiration was uh, my mum got sick again, unfortunately, so it was time for me to be closer. Um, I'd been living there on the south coast for 15 years. I'm a Sydney girl born and bred Mm -hmm. and I moved down here in my late 20s and so I decided in my early 40s was the best time to move home. Um, And, um, and yeah, so my my plan is is to be opening uh, some hours up in Sydney early 2020. Uh, it will be in and around the Alexandria area, so it'll be in a city. Um, destination and location to be confirmed. It's in, in process at the moment. Yeah, awesome. It's only an hour and a half drive for me, so I'll just come and you can lay your hands on me and work your magic like you did at the base camp. Well, that was that was serendipitous. People were probably like, "What are these two? Are you been in a bedroom and you're laying hands? What is going on?" But uh, I was, was happy like, I could help you out I don't know. at the base camp. I hope you don't. You needed take, to be able to speak. Yeah, no, I hope you don't take offence to this, but it felt like um, it felt really, really felt like Reiki. Is that okay? You know? <laughs> well, listen, <laughs> I'm definitely not a Reiki practitioner, but, know, if, but if your like experience your was like, that it was an energetic oh, healing as well, then yeah, I'll take that because yeah. at the end of the day is when we're structurally healing and, and we're connecting um, brain and body through making sure there's no misalignment to the spine, different people will perceive that differently. Mm. Um and so I think that I wholeheartedly believe there's an energetic connection with anybody that I have coming into the practice. Um, it's not a conversation that I necessarily have with everybody coming in because it's not a conversation everybody's ready to have. But yeah. um, people will often say, particularly in the practice in Shell Harbour, which if anyone's visited or driven past or seen photos, is it's literally a white picket fence out the front. We're in a converted house. Mm-hmm. And people often say is as soon as they walk in the front gate, they feel different. Uh, and that's very much on purpose. Yeah, beautiful. It's something. There's something special about having a clinic space that heals people, you know, from the moment they walk in. It starts Absolutely. to make them feel better, yeah. Well, the backstory there, just for listeners, is that I started getting a migraine about, what, four hours before I was due to speak on stage, mm-hmm. and I was looking pretty sad. And you come over and you're like, what's going on? <laughs> I was like, I'm going downhill fast, and um, you, really, like, you really, really helped me out. And I got up on stage and I did my talk and got through the question and answers as well, so very surprising. And then you know what? No hangover, no migraine ever came. It, I literally dodged dodged that bullet, so thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I'm I'm happy happy that I could assist on on the day. Now I want to talk about this cool thing that you got going on for well, essentially, let's call it for Christmas. Even though it's you know it's a Christmas present to yourself, right? You're doing an advent calendar for self care. 
Absolutely. Well, we've started the BQS self-care challenge, which um, one of the things that I noticed for myself is that uh, when my mum got sick earlier in the year is I really doubled down onto my self-care because what I knew from a neurological perspective is when we're under stress, we will tend to go back to old habits unless we're very conscious about the new habits that we've put in place. So I've layered certain habits into my life for years and they are automated in terms of, um, you know, relatively speaking, eating well, moving regularly. Uh, I, I practice mindfulness and meditation now. A lot of those things though, are relatively new though compared to my habits from being a teenager through my 20s, which also included uh, smoking, uh, drinking shitty soft drinks and eating shitty food. So what I knew is that when I was particularly under the pump earlier in the year is if I didn't double down on the newer habits in my world, which have been around for quite a while but still newer, is that my tendency would have been as I was driving back from Sydney down to the south coast is to stop at every golden arches on the way through Mm. uh, and to try and get rid of my feelings through eating, to take away the feelings by eating shitty takeaway. Mm-hmm. versus doubling down on things. So I'd done that earlier in the year and then some amazing things came into alignment. I noticed them falling off. And so one of the things to get myself back on track was I was like, right, well, instead of doing a traditional advent calendar, for those of you who celebrate Christmas, is that rather than doing an advent calendar that included chocolate or I see some advent calendars now, I don't know if you've seen the mail, they include alcohol, which is kind of a fun no. idea, but probably doing that for 24 days straight, yeah. not ideal. Um is um, is to do it with, to do it with self care. So I I have a closed group on Facebook called BQS Movement, which stands for Be the Queen of Your Stress. Can't use the word queen on Facebook; they don't like it. Really? Apparently, it's profanity, which oh. is ironic from a gay woman that I can't use the word queen. But anyway, moving on um, oh. is that <laughs> I find it hysterical. Uh, so the BQS Movement I post in regularly, but what we're doing within the group, which all of your listeners are absolutely welcome to join, they've just got a request to join. Yeah. Um, we're doing a, an ad event style BQS self-care challenge, which we're aiming to add three items of self-care every day. It doesn't have to be complicated. For some of you, you'll listen to what I do for self-care and go, there's no way in hell I can do that. It doesn't have to be that complicated. It literally can be turning your favorite song on in the car that you love and rocking it out as loud as you can. It can be Mm. making a cup of tea and actually having five minutes to yourself, particularly for busy mums or or dads that are listening to your podcast. It's just taking that time out every day, particularly coming into the silly season season because what happens is silly season for a lot of people is the most stressful time of year right where people don't know how to manage their time their energy you're burning the candle at every which angle and all through the middle as well Um, and often coming out of Christmas you've actually created a whole heap of extra stress in your world that perhaps you could have avoided so yeah so we're doing the the BQS self-care challenge and uh, and your listeners are welcome to join they've just got to join the BQS movement on Facebook and then uh, and then you'll have all the instructions on there and uh people I, I decided I was doing it yesterday and already we've got lots of people jumping on which is really exciting because my purpose I feel of being on the planet is to create a ripple effect of health and happiness so I find that the best way to actually create health and happiness for other people is to make sure I'm as healthy and happy as I can be first mm-hmm. and then the rest ripples out and uh, and I find and again Mel you might find this with some of your clients is that often people struggle with the idea of self-care because there's this thought around it that it's selfish to actually care about yourself mm-hmm. first. But as I talk about in the book Align is that you've got to give yourself oxygen first. If you're not giving – that's why they do it in emergency um, – in all the emergency announcements, right, on planes, is that you can't help anybody around you if you're not breathing. Totally. 
So you've got to give yourself that self-care first. And this time of year is one of the most important times to do it because it's going to help you adapt to the stressors that a lot of them are unavoidable, mm. particularly coming into Christmas. Um, you know, it's, it becomes down to choice. What you do have choice about is your actions and behaviours that you're taking. So that's really what the challenge is all about and keeping it simple and so that you can keep it a simple but also so you can be successful doing it. Uh, one of the ladies that jumped on board really quickly, she's like, I'm going to, she had this grand plan of self-care and she said, what do you think? I went, are you going to be able to set aside like an hour? You've just said you're really time poor. And she went, oh, yeah, maybe not. I went, so, you know, if you're going from zero minutes to going, I'm going to do an hour of self-care every day, you're actually probably not setting yourself up for success. But if you said, I'm going from zero minutes to I'm going to chunk out 10 to 15 minutes today that's just for me, then you're going to smash it and you create momentum, which is which is super cool. Yeah, cool. And it's like, um, you know, I used to get in the car and just be in such a rush when Callie was little and just got to get here, got to get there. And, you know, Sam always gets in the car, my husband, and he always puts music on. And it took me so long to be able to do that for myself, just to like, just as an example that you use, just to be able to be like, just take the few minutes, Mel, put the music on. You're going to feel so much better about the drive. You're going to be, you know, it's, it's uplifting to do something like that for yourself. Um, and it literally took me all that time to be like, until she was probably a year and a half, I reckon to just put music on in the car because I, I don't know, I didn't feel like I had the time. I didn't feel like I deserved to stop and do that for myself. It's such a mum guilt thing. <laughs> and, so, and if you had that moment again, would you shift that, right? Like if you if you went, oh, my God, I didn't realise how big of a difference me picking a song out was, is you probably would have done that sooner. Absolutely. I'd be right in guessing that. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. Sam will still catch me sometimes and he'll be like, do you want me to put a song on for you? And I'm like, yeah, that would be great. Like let's do that. That's going to just make me feel so much better about the day, you know. It's just Absolutely. a little stuff, little stuff. It, it, it is a simple stuff and that's where sometimes I think people get a bit muddled when we start talking about self-care and self-love for a couple of reasons. One is uh, I guess there's an industry that's been built around self-care and self-love that can become quite expensive in the sense of people go, oh, self-care day means a spa day. Mm. Like it's, I need to drop $1,000 on hanging out at the spa. Look, if you've got the day and you've got 1000 bucks, awesome. Go for <laughs> gold. However, it doesn't have to be that complicated. Most of the self-care uh, activities I do are absolutely free. Sure, there's some stuff that I invest into my health about, which I consider to be self-care. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I invest in going to the gym. Mm-hmm. I invest in soft tissue work with my massage therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I invest my time through my chiropractic care. I'm really lucky a colleague adjusts me. But one of the things that I choose to do with my adjustments is I drive half an hour at 100 k's an hour um, to invest my time because that's my exchange of energy. So there's definitely things that uh, are investments of time and money. Money, but you can do it really cost-effectively. One of my activities for self-care is literally taking my puppy dog Atlas, who you may have been able to hear clipping around earlier, um, take her to the beach and watch her run around. Like I find that lights me up. So when I'm talking about self-care, it's taking the moments through the day where you're doing things that light you up, make you happy, bring a smile mm-hmm. to your face. Um, you know, there's it might be being really present with your kids. That was one of the suggestions and one of the activities that one of the BQS followers is doing for her self-care challenge is to be 100% present when with her son and getting rid of social medias so she's yeah, not going to be cool. on her phone. Isn't that cool? Really so, cool. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to cost you money. What it does have to cost you is your attention. Mm. And I think that's something that a lot of people miss is they're like, oh, all these people have all this time to do this stuff. Well, we have time to do this stuff and to actually 
to create these different habits, rituals, routines, whatever you want to call them, because there's a level of design that happens throughout their day. There's a level of intention that happens through the day. So it needs your attention and your intention um, to be able to set up some of these habits, whether it's as simple as choosing music that makes you literally want to car dance and seat dance in the car and not care if the people sitting next to you, A, can hear the bass beat of the music, depending on what music you're playing, or that they can see you singing in the car. Like that's the sort of, that's the level, that's the level of inspiration the music in the car should have um, in terms of from a self-care point of view. But that makes me so happy when I see when I see someone else doing that, I'm like, yeah, you go, girl. Yeah, rock it out, sister yeah. or brother. Absolutely. And that's the place of when you're coming at things from a, as much as possible, and this is certainly a practice that I'm working on more and more, is coming from a place of unconditional love versus judgment. Because yeah. I know as a 20-year-old, I would have been looking and going, well, what the – are you oh my god! Like, are you serious? <laughs> like, you look so uncool. Whereas now, I'm like, that's awesome, and brings a smile to my face. Yes, I'm like, oh, you're having so much joy. Like, how cool! Yeah, for sure. I gave someone a thumbs up like a few months ago because they were just rocking out and they looked over and I was staring at them and I was just like, yeah, I gave them a thumbs up. It was like a young kid, a guy with a pea plate. And I was like, was he was he was like, right. No, he just he just laughed at me and kept going. He was just, he didn't care. But that's that's very very cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I'm um, it's interesting too. Like if you, uh, I find if I'm present with Callie, my daughter, you know, she gets home from school, she just needs my attention for a little while. You know, if I'm present with her for that first amount of time, you know, however long it is, it could be twenty minutes, it could be an hour, whatever. When she first gets home from school, and then it then and then I go to start dinner or start another job or whatever I've got to do. I actually get it done so much quicker. Because I've given, you know, I've given us our time, our, you know, together and, and been really present with that. And then it's not like this battle to do dinner. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, I mean, 100%. Yeah. And I think it's whether it's your kids, your partners, your pets. Like the, the reality is, and I, I speak about it, I think I speak about it in the book, I speak about it regularly from <laughs> stage, is uh, the, the level of connectedness we have to the outside world is, is it's crazy now. And it's really easy to bring that into our real-life connections. And that's where a lot of disconnect happens in our real-life relationships, whether that's partners, kids, as I said, pets, other family members. So one of the biggest acts of self-care I think you can do, which for some people listening might actually send them a little bit into the shakes and the DTs because we've become so addicted to the dopamine hits of our phones, Mm. is to actually put them the F away if you're actually with, with loved ones. Yes. Because the minute that they're face up, even the minute you have a phone in your hand or, or wearables are the next step, and I talk about it regularly. I, I got myself a wearable for Christmas last year, and uh, it lasted about three weeks before I actually – not. I, I don't even know if it works anymore because I found it so distracting. Are we talking about like an iWatchy thing? Yeah, like no. a, an iWatch yeah. or if you've got another Android version, is that as soon as that sucker lights up and you know whoever's with you has a message, you, you automatically like, well, their attention has gone. Like they, they're no longer listening to me. Listen, just get your freaking message. What gets? I have um, clients in my clinic who wear them and that's totally cool, but it um, what I've found is that it takes them out of their consult and that's their time, right? They, most people come into the client room, like into the clinic room and they're, they're, that's their time, you know, and they love and they feel really relaxed. You might have a cup of tea, you know, uh, whatever it is, we'll have a nice chat. The, the watch thing, um, lately has really been taking people out of that Zen zone. Um, so I get what you're saying. I see it and I'm like, oh, oh, they're, they're, you know, 
or like buzzers. And oh yeah. yeah. Oh look, as soon as it's, oh, that's what I found really distracting when I first started wearing my watch, which it wasn't an iWatch because I don't like how they look. I'm all <laughs> Apple everything else, but I wanted a watch that looked more like a watch, mm-hmm. and so I didn't know how to use a bloody thing. And so not only was it ringing, and I'd be like, I'm so sorry, I don't have to <laughs> freaking thing off, but then. It buzzed so much. Like you could literally see my wrist buzzing. So not only was it not great for me from an attention and intention point of view, but even in practice trying to wear it in practice, Mm. even if it's turned off because as soon as you move the wrist, it lights up. It absolutely is distracting. So you then take that to the next level with your phone. If you've got your phone in your hand or even if you're having a meal with somebody and your phone is face up so it lights up and people can see you've got messages. I mean, our natural tendency and what our muscle memory reaction to be is because we still react to our phones, right, is that we automatically want to look at it and Mm. we want to look at the other person's phone and go, well, who's more important than I am right now? So one of the, as I said, one of the biggest acts of self-love that you can do, which again is is really leaning into your relationships, if nothing else, because if you're fully present with the conversation that you're having, that human connection is one of the most important things and all the different longevity research that's done and is coming out now. The number one thing as far as our longevity is concerned is human real-life connection mm. and feeling engaged. So, you know, we need to start that at home, right? That old saying of everything starts from at home. Well, if you consider yourself to be home, is number one is to have that intention and attention to yourself, but then also to your immediate nuclear family, whatever way, shape or form that looks like for you. If you're constantly distracted, is that that will have repercussions over time. So one of the things that um, <clears throat> the feedback I kind of got when I put this into one of my detoxes, because a part of my online detox is a technology detox. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... You know, the idea of not being able to fully detoxify ourselves if we don't switch off sometimes. So I came up with like a few tips to help people out, which may be helpful here because people find it really difficult, especially like for me, I work for myself and, you know, you, you're, you're probably the same. And so you want to know what's happening and if people are trying to contact you and uh, what's, you know, what's going up on social media and you want to respond and all that kind of stuff. So I just put in a few simple tips that work really well for me. And they include not having my notifications on for things like okay. Facebook and Instagram. That that was something that was really big for me. So now it's only when I go in and I consciously want to check that, that it's in my life. You know, like you said, with the watch, it's not buzzing at you. It's not coming at you all times of the day and night. Um, and another thing was putting the phone on airplane at night. So lots of people mm. have a problem with switching their phone off at night and that's that's cool. But the airplane mode really um, not only does it stop it, you know, going off at night, but it protects you from the, um, the Wi-Fi and the radio frequencies and stuff like that, that we know, um, you know, in 2011, the World Health Organization said that they're positively carcinogenic. So if we can switch them off whenever we have a chance, that's a really good thing for our health as well. Um, but just finding some tips like that work for you, right? Oh, absolutely. One of my biggest tips, which again talk about in the book and I, I speak about regularly and it's something I'm really passionate about, is the prime real estate of your day being the first hour in the morning and ideally the last hour of your day is what of the external world are you bringing into your internal world? So 100% agree uh, I have – the only notifications that come through to my home screen is my text messages mm-hmm. uh, and because and, I don't have a landline at home, so mm-hmm. my text messages, um, obviously phone calls, uh, but Facebook and Instagram no, like sound notifications are off 
So, and the banners don't come to my home screen. I only can see the little number thing. I don't know what you call that yeah, when you go into your, well. when you've actually opened up your phone. Yeah, Same I with found emails. That really I don't have <laughs> I don't have notifications. Yes. And the other thing I don't have on my emails, which is a tip for young players, is actually have all notifications turned off. So I don't know if you've ever seen any of your clients' phones, Mel, where they've like you know you see their home screen and they've got their email icon and it's got like five hundred and seventy six yeah. emails lit up. <laughs> Don't have that on your phone, folks, because every time the the, the um, unconscious anxiety that that creates is phenomenal because you're like, oh, at some point I've got to do that. At some point I've got to do that versus if you can't see what's happening, yeah. when you've got time to go in and clean up your inbox, go do it. Yeah, like, hopefully sure. it doesn't get to that stage anyway. But um, just be aware of what notifications you have. But that prime real estate of your day is super important because – and I know I used to do this myself and I talk about it in various talks, is that most people can muscle memory without their phones in front of you show exactly where all social media icons or email icons are. <laughs> and so if you're not really conscious about what's going on first thing in the morning, most people before their eyes have been adjusted to the blue wavelength light that is now hitting their neurology is they've already checked Facebook, Instagram, if you're on Snapchat, I'm not. Whatever social media stuff you're on, you've already checked it before you've even rolled over and given your partner a kiss yeah. or given yourself a high five if you live on your own like I do. At the um, is that, you know, is it's that moment of going, oh, my God, I've actually just gone into a complete compare mode of what's everybody else doing in the world versus not. So I'm quite precious about the first component of my day. It is only for people that are in my home. Mm. Um, so people will see that I post quite early in the morning on whether it's on my Instagram, Dr. Marie Z, I do a daily post there or in the BQS movement. Um, and they go, oh, wow, you're up really early. I'm like, yeah, I've been up for at least half an hour to an hour before that first post. Mm. So I don't ever post as soon as I wake up. See, I don't, I I don't turn it off. It's not an ever, but it's very rare these mm. days. I don't turn it off uh, airplane until Callie and I have had breakfast, until we're, nice. you know, dressed or ready face today, and then I'll turn it off airplane. And often my husband's really annoyed because he'll be driving to work and he'll be like, I've been trying to call you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, so well, it's important to let the most important people in your world know about that too. And he does. <laughs> he does. But he, we've also got a home phone. So if you really wanted me, that yeah, he could call that. But, yeah, like I just think, and, you know, the important people in our life have the home phone number. And the reason we got the home phone was purely so that we could switch off. That's which is awesome, wow, and I yeah. and I and I get that. So you know that's next level. I don't have a landline at home, so it's that moment of oh, it's old you know we we need to we need to make some contingencies depending on what your personal circumstances are. So for your listeners, is make the best of your situation. My situation, Mel's situation is going to be different to your situation. What floats our boat from a self care perspective might not float your boat. So it's mm. about figuring out what lights you up and designing your your day, your week, your month, your year as best as possible so that it is the way you want it to be because that's all part of fitting out, right? As, as I said, for many years I tried to fit in and I tried to live my life according to what everybody else was telling me and then I'm quite independent in my thinking and I usually do the reverse of what people tell me I've realised over the years and so what I realised was I needed to design it for myself. Now, are there commonalities between what I do and other people do? Sure there is but I had to come to that on my own. For some people, they want more of a, a framework to work around, which there's awesome people that you can get that information from, whether it's your beautiful self mill, whether it's me. There's some amazing resources out there that you can cookie-cutter your design to start with while you're practising some of this stuff. But it's, um, it's really cool. Is You don't have to do well, – the reality is you don't have to do anything we say. Um, so <laughs> don't beat yourself up about it if you're not doing it yet. Maybe pick a couple of different things that we've spoken about today that you go, you know what, that self-care thing sounds really good. 
when, gonna give that a go. When Kelly well, the was digital little, detox sounds really good. I'm gonna oh, give yeah. that a go. When Kelly was little, it was just if I could have a bath once a week. Awesome. That was, you know, that was. I hope you showered in between. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most sure, of the time. You are, Mel, but I was pretty sure you bathed more than once a week. Most of the time, no. If I could get in the bath once a week around the normal washing, uh, that was yeah, that was my self care. It was really important, and it really like chilled me out a bit. So yeah, nice. it can just be really like little. It. But hey, we'll put the show the links in the show notes to um, your advent calendar stuff in on the yeah, Facebook cool. page. And I can't thank you enough for your time today. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to catch up. It took us longer to get here than we thought, it Mel, did. but we got here. So we I'm did. so pleased we got a chance to have a chat. Perseverance. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Dr. M. We'll talk to you soon. Talk soon, Mel. Bye. Bye. If you like what we do here at The Naked Naturopath, then be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To learn more about Mel and MG Herbs, jump onto mgherbs.com. Follow us on Facebook at MG Herbs Australia and Instagram at MG Herbs Official. Please keep in mind that all advice and opinions on the Naked Naturopath are not individualized. To get the right advice for you, be sure to make a booking with Mel or your health professional. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.